listening to Share the Load. I'm gonna do some of my um, quote-unquote ads at the top today, and I ask that you please not fast forward. We really do need your help to sustain this work. So even if some of these aren't fitting for you, I hope that you'll help spread the word. So I have upcoming a class on boundaries and consent for people pleasers. We'll be working a lot on confidence and self-advocacy, getting into perfectionism, your inner critic, imposter syndrome, and things of that nature. That is towards the end of the month and starts on the 26th. Then I'm doing a boundaries in your business intensive. That's a two-day workshop for self-employed people, artists, graphic designers, freelancers, writers, um, practitioners, healers, therapists. Um, That is on February 20th and 21st. Then I'm offering a new class that I'm super excited about, a five-week class on the romantic comedy. That starts on February 27th. We'll be watching four um, formative uh, rom-coms from my adolescence um, and using consent concepts uh, to practice and integrate and really look at how we learned what we learned about sex relationships, gender, um, and you know everything else that we learned and internalized from romantic comedies. I'm super excited about that one. I'm doing an intimacy choreography workshop March 4th and 5th. That's in Los Angeles. And then upcoming in April, I have the next Somatic Consent Educator Program. That is for anyone who wants to bring consent work uh, into your work and or build a business around them and become a consent educator. Um, There's a lot of business support in that program. Um, as well as practicing teaching the concepts and vocabulary and exercises um, so you can bring that work to your community, to your office, um, teach corporations, do consulting, do one-on-one work with people, and it's great for um, the same people who the Boundaries in Your Business class uh, is designed for. If you're looking for a little bit of luxurious self-care, the link to Foria, uh, a CBD wellness brand, is in the show notes. And if you use that link, um, the podcast and consent wizardry, get 10% of whatever you purchase. And you can use the code MIAS20 for 20% off. That's a really wonderful way to help um, support what we do and get yourself a little something nice. Um, passive income is really crucial for this work because I do a lot of work for free, such as this podcast and the Instagram. Um, so I really count on some of that passive income, the recorded classes on Thinkific, which are also linked in the show notes, um, and classes to support this show and the, the surrounding work. Beyond that, free ways to help support are to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You just heard Tennessee shaking her collar. Um, Rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us um, with search engine optimization within podcast apps. Um, And again, that's just a way to help spread the word. Uh, I really do want this to reach as far as it possibly can, and I hope that you do as well. The last thing that I will say is that 
I offer workshops um, on my own. I offer workshops uh, that are tailored to particular groups. So if you work in an office um, where you think that this kind of work would be really beneficial, um, let them know. Send my website, consentwizardry.com, to your HR department. We are offering um, professional wellness consulting uh, with various people who've been on the show. Um, Umu, Minachi, Layla, Dr. John, um, uh, several other people who do amazing work. Um, We put together a team that fits the needs of your group. Um, I can also be hired separately to speak or to run a workshop or to consult. Um, you can either email me, mia at sharetheloadinc.com, or you can book me through sean at collectivespeakers.com. That's S-E-A-N. And please consider subscribing to the newsletter so you can stay up to date with what's going on. Um, that's consentwizardry.com slash newsletter. Um, and another free way to help support is to forward that email to people who you think would benefit from the content that's inside. Um, really, whatever you can do to help spread the word is greatly appreciated. And if you have questions that you want answered on the podcast, Email them in written or voice note form to podcast at sharetheloadinc.com. Welcome back to Share the Load, a podcast about all things consent, including and beyond sex. I'm your host, Mia Schachter. I use they, them pronouns, and I am the founder of Consent Wizardry, a consent educator and an intimacy coordinator for TV, film, and theater. Today, I'm talking to Maisha Azar, uh, who can introduce herself. Hi, I'm Maisha Azar, uh, founder of Black Girl Tantra, LLC, and I'm a healer and a teacher and a body worker. Great. Yeah, you do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, well, I think to start, I'm very curious, just knowing what you do, um, what led you to decide that consent was like an area of focus that you wanted to go deeper into? Uh, so, yeah, was, that's such a really good question. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to answer that concisely because so many things led to that. Mm. Um, but what I will say is that for me and my own personal experience, my body didn't belong to me, um, in growing up. And so for me, it was very important to understand what consent means for myself and what boundaries look like for myself. And so throughout my practices, throughout my healing journey, I decided that I needed to also share what I learn with other people around consent and my own body and my own boundaries and for other people's bodies and their boundaries, especially people of color. Um, Cause all of my work is really centered around queer uh, people of color um, and, and just BIPOC people in general, um, because it's really something that we don't really um, <laughs> hear a lot about or talk a lot about enough I see a lot of it on my Instagram because I follow people like me, but outside in the mainstream, I I know that that's still not being talked about enough, particularly consent. 
Mm. And I, okay, I'm really interested in how it was like, it was really starting with you, which I think is beautiful and not always, um, like often not the case. I think for a lot of people, their way into consent is like really about other people and making sure that they're treating other people well. And then also this sort of like added thing that, that, bums me out that I've talked about on the podcast a lot, which is like getting consent education because, um, cause you like don't want to fuck up or because you, uh, want to be seen as good or because, you know, you've made some kind of mistake. And so you're like, well, shit, I guess I have to do this now, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like what you're talking about, which is really about like your relationship with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I didn't, um, I didn't grow up where I was uh, allowed to voice to, to use my words or to say no when it comes to touch others touching me or hugging me. Uh, you know, even just as children, adults get to hug you and touch you and all of the things. And especially, you know, I grew up. Let's see, I was born in '72, so you know, it was children are seen and not heard, and all of these things, and all of that sort of. Uh, plays into the culture of non-consent, right? Right, a really huge culture of non-consent. And you're just supposed to like accept it um, or you'll get in trouble type of thing. So so then my own childhood trauma came out of that, right? And so then I had to learn to build up my knowledge of my own body, right? Not what not what uh, other people have taught me about it or lack thereof. <laughs> right. But really like learning, oh, um, oh, I actually do have a voice and a say. It, it's the same with partners and things like that as well. You know, like I've always been a very sex positive person. And so a, a, a big part of my consent practice and my consent learning experience came from uh, the BDSM community, came from mm-hmm. me coming out into that community. It, it wasn't me coming out as queer. It was, it was, it was once I was in the BDSM community. That's when I learned, oh, I actually get to like ask for what I want. I didn't know that I could do that. Like (laughs) I actually, and then that would actually be respected if like I wanted to stop, like that's new. Like, so all of that was so new for me and so beautifully empowering for my, you know, for myself. I I just, it, it blew me away. And it took me a while to understand how to do it. It was actually very hard. I just was like, do whatever you want. You know, like yeah. I have no idea how to ask for what I want. It was extremely difficult. Yeah. You know, you're bringing up something that um, has been on my mind a lot lately, which is this idea. And, you know, it's like, it's a hard thing to sort of um, speak about in a, on a platform like Instagram. So I've kind of stayed away from it, but this idea of like, um, sometimes you simply don't know what you want or you don't know what you like because you don't have much experience at all. And so I think that there's something like that's not negative or bad about, about this thing that happens a lot, which is like, well, what do you want? Or like, do whatever you want to me. I think that in, in a lot of like, um, even like more like deeper consent, education, there's a lot of emphasis on like, know what you want, ask for it and, you know, stuff like that. Um, But 
I'm not really seeing people talking about what what you're naming, which is like sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to create like safe conditions in which to um, say, I don't know. And but I do want to be here with you and I want to engage in sexual activity and I'm interested in what you want to do either what you want me to do to you or what you want to do to me and that that's like part of the exploration and play and about the and the learning about yourself without knowing what you want up front yes yeah and we do make it sound like you just should know <laughs> like and and we and we judge if you don't you know and so there's this need for compassion and for patience with people who like everyone grows up very differently. Um, but a lot of us are still under this big, you know, American cultural um, experience or this patriarchal experience of like, I get to do what I want to you, but you don't have a choice. And so it, it really is part of our, our learning. And then we have to unlearn it. Right. And that's what I had to do was unlearn that I, that whatever people could do whatever they wanted to my body. And so um, that is why the work I do really is about that. It's about helping people learn themselves, learn their bodies, mm-hmm. and understand what it is they actually do want and explore that, right? And explore the discomfort of it, right? And get to the place where you can actually trust your body, right? Because a big part of knowing what you want has to do with like trusting your body, trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And trusting that you can hear what your body is trying to say. I think that's like, yes. that's a big hurdle for a lot of people. Yes. That is. Myself it, included. Because many of us have been disembodied right. because we have been taught to endure and just, you know, accept whatever's happening to us. Right. So yes. in whatever way. Right. You know, out in in the culture, like like when I say the culture, I just mean the American, the the North Mm. American culture. But many, many cultures around the world are like this, um, where you're just told what to do. And it shows up in the laws. It shows up in the church. It shows up in the schools. It shows up in so many systems that we are a part of. How can we, you know, not be affected by that? Right. So to bring it into your work, you know, you said that you help people figure out what it is that they want and listen to their bodies. Can you share a little bit of how you do that? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Cause I love it. And I'm, it excites me all the time. So, um, so let's see, what do I do? I do so many things, but I teach Tantra. Um, but it is sort of a mix between, um, my erotic embodiment practices, spirituality, my shamanic practices and also Tantra. So it's a mix of all of those. Um, I have a social work background, so I'm able to, you know, to really work with emotions that come up and I also have a massage therapy background. So I know that a lot of emotions and things that we're hiding from ourselves are located within the body. And so using all of my skills that I've developed and learned over time I'm able to help people really start to hone in on, you know, becoming a part of their own bodies, like becoming a part of their own inner world, right? Mm. Because that's the part where we've externalized so much that the disembodiment thing is very real. And we're like these heads, 
you know, walking around on this disembodied body, like almost like zombies sometimes. And so my job is to help you get from the head down into the body and start saying hello to your own body, like welcoming the relationship between your head, your heart and your spirit and your physical body and your pleasure, like your sexual pleasure, your sexual energy, your erotic flow, your erotic energy. So I also use cosmology to do that. So the cosmos, the planets, they they have a really huge impact on our lives down here because we're all connected. We're connected to everything. And I have to, I cannot do this work without including the planets, the trees, you know, Mm. earth, the, the sky, the, the sun, right? Like all of the elements, it's also important as well as our connection to our own masculine and feminine energy that we all have and that we all hold and that are all simultaneously happening. So that is how I do my work. And I'm so excited because it's like multi-layered and it really helps people blossom and not just get in touch with their own erotic flow, but also helps them like use it for their creativity and for their goals Mm. and to understand what their purpose is and how to actually go after their purpose and how to almost like how to step in to their purpose. So that's what's beautiful to me is to see how just us, the thing that they tried to take away with, from us, right? Ugh. This is why they tried to, like, there's so many laws around our sexuality because that is where our fucking power is. Mm. <laughs> and so if you take that away, then people can walk around disembodied zombies just mm. doing what people are, what they're told to do. So in doing this, it's taking back everything that was that was tried to take away from you. Right. So taking wow. back all of it. Wow. Okay. So you just shared about how you help other people step into their purpose and find their calling. And even before you were mentioning that, I was it was so clear to me in the way that you were talking about your work that this is very much your purpose and your calling. Yeah. And there was, it really struck me that there's a way that like a consent practice, like being in consent with yourself helps you find that because there, it's almost like there's, there was no other way. And, you know, I believe in choice to an extent, but I also believe that there's a lot of limitations on choice because of systems and history and context and DNA and the planets Mm -hmm. and like all these other things. And, um, but I think, you know, when it comes to purpose, it's kind of like, maybe we have a a bit of a window of choice, but for the most part, I really believe that it's like, it's pretty much what it was always going to be. Um, and I'd like to hear your thoughts. Okay. Before we got cut off, I was, saying that I think that there's a way that um, being in consent with yourself, listening in that really deep way and following those impulses and intuitions can lead you to find your purpose. Um, And so I wanted to ask you, well, I guess it was a two-part question. One is like, how does that show up in your, like, how do you see that? in other people. And then my second question, and you can take your pick 
where to start is I'm curious about how you see what you do now as like the only, like, how did you get there? Like in the narrative of your life, how is it that this is what is your purpose? Does that make sense? Um, yes. Okay. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, I'm going to try to hold both of those questions uh, in my mind, but I might have okay. to ask you again what it, yeah, what it was. <laughs> so um, I think you mentioned about the consent leading to purpose part. Yeah. And, and then uh, before we got cut off, you mentioned something about choice and like mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, choice wasn't, isn't like, we don't always have choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to speak to that too, because sure, that was a really yeah. great question. Um, cause you're like, you know, systems, you know, make it so that we don't have choices sometimes and, uh, uh, systems and the cosmos, like, you know, what's going on there. Uh, and some things are just sort of meant to be, yeah. but also, um, for me, the way choice shows up is how you respond to those things and what you do next. That's where you have the choice. Um, and how it affects you, determine how it affects you. You have a choice in that, um, not on every level, right. but on the inside, like internally. Mm-hmm. That's where we have a choice, and that's where under that's where listening to ourselves and being in consent with ourselves around um, next steps does make a difference. Yeah. So we, there is always choice and not choice happening. Mm. at the same time you know you and I both don't believe in linear time yeah and I think that this has a lot to do with that absolutely (laughs) absolutely very much so so and so how that how understanding consent with your body and trusting your body and your your body's wisdom that also leads to the purpose piece because then you're not Often we are told to live for other people's dreams. Yes. Right? What our parents want us to do, what our community wants us to do, what our what our friends want us to do, right? Based on what they see in us, right? Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. You're supposed to follow in my footsteps. Like all of these messages constantly. You're a black woman, so you should be doing this. You're a black man, so you should be doing that. Like there's so many shoulds and so much many projections constantly going on that once you get into your body and listen to your own erotic energy wisdom, then you can trust what it is you want to do for you and for the world, right? But it has to start somewhere inside where you understand your own internal compass and your own internal wisdom. But how can you have that when everything has been taught to us in this sort of young masculine way of, you know, externalizing everything and these particular goals in this particular way? One of the things that I think I think is really beautiful of this uh, generation, I can't remember the name of the generation, but the ones where the the athletes are now like, no, I need to take a fucking break. Yeah. I'm doing what the fuck you tell me to do. That mm-hmm. is the inner wisdom. That is what I'm talking about. It, And th- so it's not just about their purpose, but it's also about how they're choosing to use and do their purpose and use their body for their purpose. Right. And it's not about what other people want and think their body should be doing in this moment in time. 
they are listening to their bodies and saying, I need rest. I need a mental health break. Right. So that is a part of that. That's amazing. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's so revolutionary. It was um, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, right? That's right. Yeah. They just were like, I need a break. (laughs) That's right. Yep. And that's, that was unheard of. Right. It's a revolution. Back in my day. That is totally fucking revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious if you can, um, well, I don't want to move on just yet. I guess I'm, I'm, I want, I'm, I would love to hear from you, like how your purpose is like the outgrowth of like, or what you see it as the outgrowth of. Ah, okay. I see what you're saying. So, um, what, when I was in high school, when I was growing up, I, people would always come to me and ask me questions about sex. Cause I've always been very sensual, sexual is probably because I have a Venus and Mars in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that piece of me has just always been there. Non-judgmental, open. I was like, I'm going to be a sex therapist one day is what I thought even in high school. But then as I started living my life, I, and then I became a shaman. Um, I'm trying to fast forward cause there's like, you don't have to, such I mean, a long ass fucking story. Um, (laughs) there's like because there's so many like um so many things that led to it that I could see now looking back Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and so that's what's so beautiful about it you know um then I came out as queer and then I you know started going to women's festivals back then right and and that's when I sort of discovered the leather community and and just being around sex positive community and having my own sexual revolution, right? Where I actually got to have choices, but then also my shamanic piece, right? I always thought I was going to be a, uh, um, a sex worker too. Um, and it never happened. And I was like, always bummed out about that. I was like, <laughs> I never got to do what I wanted to do. And so then um, I started doing burlesque and drag sort of, uh, I think they're calling it draglesque now, but back when I was oh. doing it, um, there wasn't a name for it. My group was the queen bees were in Seattle. And like, we came up with this new way of like performing femininity. Mm -hmm. Right. But we also performed femininity and masculinity. Uh, and we got flack for it in the drag king community because Mm -hmm. they were like, but you're already like that. And you're not really dressing in drag. And first of all, like not everyone identified as femme. So it was projections. And then also like many drag kings, operate daily in their masculinity. So Mm -hmm. I don't see the difference, but so it's interesting how we kept hitting up against all of these social norms, even within communities that were created to defy social norms. Counter-cultural communities. Yeah, yeah. And so this kept happening. So I'm like, this is interesting to me. Um, And then in my shamanic training, which like totally happened accidentally, I just was like, I'm always been drawn to spiritual practices that are center of the earth um, and me connected to it. And as I was doing a workshop series on it, it became a shamanic training because that was what the teacher uh, was, was told to do by their, by her ancestors. And and my shamanic teacher is a black lesbian uh, woman. And, you know, I, I remember a lot of people would ask me and think that my teacher was a white man all the time which I found interesting. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 
I found that very interesting. And people would be surprised. Oh, I just pictured, they were like, oh, your teacher's a black woman. I thought it, this, I pictured a white man or a white woman. And I was like, this is very interesting to yeah. me. Right. So, but in that training, which really wasn't a training, I don't even know. The training is such not the word for it, but I can't think of the word right now. But in that process, mm. um, as I got deeper, more deeply connected to my spiritual connection to everything around me, I started becoming orgasmic in that process. Uh, and I realized in the past I had become orgasmic anytime I felt connected to someone. So they didn't even have to touch me and I would become orgasmic on a date or like when I'm being touched without anyone touching any of my you know, genital organs or anything. Right. And it would scare people because they were like, I don't know what to do. You're like mm. having these orgasms. I don't know what to do with you. And so I was like, oh. And so it, that happened with my Reiki uh, experience in my shamanic training. We also learned shamanic Reiki and got a shamanic Reiki attunements. And I started orgasming uncontrollably. Whoa. Um, even though it was not pointed toward any sexual energy specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was, but. That's why spirituality and sexual energy are both the same. And that is what I realized. Like, as I feel connected to the cosmos, to the earth, to the land, I could feel everything inside of me having sex with me. Wow. Um, I felt the trees because it was outside and I felt the tree. I felt everything. I felt the sun, the trees, all of it inside me. And, and I was orgasming. And I thought that this was what everyone experienced. And my teacher was like, no, no, I was like, no, you didn't, you didn't see, you didn't feel no, 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 that is you. That is your, so that is how I run my erotic energy. And so I learned to teach other, I realized my purpose because in my shamanic training, it was to find our purpose. It was to know what gift we bring to the world to honor our own mystery because a lot of people want people to uh, want to teach people so they can do what they do. Right. But it's really about honoring your own mystery. And that's what I started doing. And I realized, oh, I should be doing sacred sexuality. I don't know why I haven't been doing this yet. And it was like, boom. So again, it helped me see my purpose, right? Anytime your sexual energy and your spiritual energy are able to re- reconnect to reconnect because it's always been there, but we've been taught to separate it, right? Especially in the church to separate Mm -hmm. these things from each other. Once you put them back into alignment, your eyes open up Mm. and not this eye, but your third eye, like all of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I started doing it. That's how I started doing it. Wow. Thank you. That was exciting just listening to that I was like wow yeah I can see the fireworks going on yeah and so then I just sought out places who were doing that kind of work to learn um learn from them right so I started attending the body electric school and then um I don't know if you know about the body electric school or heard of that in New York um so that was started by a gay man I'm sorry, names are hard for me right now, so I I can't think of his name at the moment, but it was started by a gay man around in the 80s, around um, the AIDS pandemic to, for 
for men to get in touch with each, with each other's bodies in a different way mm. than sexually, um, than physical sexual, right? Like, so that there's, there was more of the energetic, right? The subtle sexual energy. And, yeah. um, and so I started learning from the body electric school and working with them. And then there was an offshoot of that, that ended up being a queer focused uh, program that I started with, um, what was it called? <sighs> Me and my memory. I'm 50. That's my excuse. Um, <laughs> if you remember, so, you can send it to me. So, yeah. So other pro- other things like that. And then I, I just really started getting a body trust is the name. Mm, so body okay. trust. And then uh, I did my tantric um, training through them, which was, an, a, again, a, a, um, a combination of erotic embodiment and tantra. So I became a sacred intimate through them. It was tantra. It was sacred intimacy through a tantric lens. So that, which was right up my alley. Like everything I've done, I lit throughout my life, even when I wasn't paying attention was actually because of my intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to my intuition, listening to what, what drew me, not because of what anyone told me to do. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of, I mean, as you know, that's like a focus of a lot of my work also. Yes, which is um, why I love your work so much. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think there's so much here that that relates. And it's interesting because like I see it through the lens of of consent and, but consent you know, the practice of consent has quickly become a spiritual practice because it is about listening to my body and listening to messages that don't necessarily come in the form of words and, you know, um, often like transcending just this moment and, you know, seeing a, a something bigger and, and, you know, following intuition, even when it doesn't make intellectual sense. And it's really uh, hard in a lot of spaces to have that conversation because that's not what like universities want in their orientation about anti, you know, their anti-sexual harassment orientation. You know what I mean? It's like, so that's not where the work is going in a, in a like mass appeal kind of way, but that is what it is to me. And I think, you know, I just got an email asking if I would teach a workshop on like what to do around consent violations. And I just was like, I'm not your guy. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the work that I'm doing. And that's not what my focus is. Like I'm interested in helping people get in touch with their bodies, with their needs, with their desires, with their capacity, um, you know, with their no, with their yes. Like that's, that's really where my work goes. And I'm not really, I'm just not interested in like the legal side of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said something about, well, two things. One is that people were assuming that your teacher was a white man. And I'm just remembering like a few years ago when I Googled genius and just looked at the images. Mm-hmm. And it's all white men. It's all cis white men. Wow. Um, which Not just surprising. tells you, 
Right. And like, so, so then who's like writing about these people and who's calling them geniuses and like, who's not being called a genius and why, you know? Absolutely. Um, so that, that came to mind. Um, but the other thing that you said about, uh, like finding your own way into the material or way of sharing the material, whatever the material is, um, you know, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about in, in my work, because on the one hand, I really do want there to be other people who are doing the same work as me, because not everyone is going to want to learn from me for, for any reason, you know, my, my age, because I'm white, because of my gender, because of maybe because they don't like my sense of humor or they hate the sound of my voice. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it could yeah. be anything. And so I want there to be other people. And at this moment, I don't know where to send people. Like mm. I know, you know, Sarah who runs comprehensive consent, but like she works with kids in schools and teens and families, um, which is fantastic. We need someone doing that. You know, I know Umu who's, um, like doing radical mental health first aid and she's a burnout specialist and, and a therapist. And then I know me not, and you know, and Umu did my uh, course and, and so did Minachi and she teaches decolonized nonviolent communication. But like, I'm running into this issue where everyone who's coming to do my program um, is doing their own amazing thing and they already yeah. have their like their purpose, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but I, I do want someone <laughs> else to do this, yes. you know, so that there are more voices that, so that there are more people that I can direct other people to when mm -hmm. I'm not the right person. Cause there have been occasions where someone is like, you know, we need, well, like, for example, I was working at a theater and they were like, do you know any intimacy coordinators who are queer men of color who, who work in theater, you know, not television or not just television? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't know even one, you know? So it's like, it's, I want to be able to refer people to people who are not me. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like you have to put the call out for those specific people who that that's exactly what they want to do. Um, and, or because, um, I, I have the same thing, uh, with my tantric shaman healer mm -hmm. apprentice program, right? So everyone's already doing something. And right. with that program, I started it for the same reason you did, um, was because I can't be the only person I need to, like, I need other people to teach this so that they, so that they, um, yeah, I'm not doing it all. Like, and also, you know, because there are, there are people all over the country and the world who need this and I'm only one person. Right. right. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm fine with them doing this in any capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. So because this isn't just mine, it is it belongs to the universe. Right. So yes. this is something that will still show up in whatever it is they do. 
So they will be still teaching it and they will, it just won't be exactly the same format maybe, you know, but it, I still will be able to recommend people to them. Right. And they've, they're already starting. My apprentices are already starting to use it in their work. Right. So like I have someone who already does something called clarity sessions and they've infused the things that resonate with them into their clarity sessions. So I can now um, send people to them because also I want to develop a, a group of um, like a, a people that I can recommend to people that I trust to do right. this work. Uh, Cause trust is very important in this type of work that involves a lot of consent. Yes. Like there's a lot yes. of consent that needs to happen in this work. So, um, so yeah, so these are people that I can trust who I know will be, consensual and work within consent. Yes. And I've been also using your work (laughs) in this ever since I started taking your class. Now I've infused your work into this as well. Mm. Um, So you can send someone to me for certain things, right? Right, But maybe not into intimacy coordinator, but maybe I have no idea how it can be useful. Right. Right. Um, But it probably won't look the same. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, you know, no one else is teaching my practice saying no workshop. So it's like if I stop teaching that, like it disappears. My my workshop on practice practicing saying no, where I Ah. teach the you know, and like that's recorded. But I mean, it's just you know, it's it's like I don't want to clone myself, but I'm also like I do actually want to be able to say like you know who can actually teach this workshop would be this person or you know. Um, but getting there, um, yeah, anyway, we're coming up on time. So I wanted to ask you where people can find you and what you have coming up. Um, sure. So people can find me on blackgirltantra.com. That's my website. My email address is myisha at blackgirltantra.com. But also I think when you get to my website, there's a way to sign up on the mailing list. So that's a really good thing to do so that you can see what's coming up. Uh, but right now what I have coming up is an erotic starship um, class. So it's the Black Girl Tantra erotic starship series. And I'm really excited about that one because I'm 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 sharing more of my stuff outside of just working with my apprentices. Right. So I've been keeping all of my things so close to the chest, but realizing I need to share more. So the Erotic Starship series is really, I'm excited about. That's coming up soon. And then um, the next class for my Tantric Shaman Healer Apprenticeship process. So, and that's like almost like eight to nine month process. And it continues because there's multiple levels because it takes a while to learn all of this. (laughs) So yeah. Cool. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Cool. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It's been really a joy talking to you and getting to know you a little better. Yeah, you too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Our opening and closing music is done by Amelie Rousseau, who can be found on Instagram at Sophia Bolt, Sophia with an F. She is an amazing um, musician. Uh, She makes music and plays all around Los Angeles. 
and she's also a podcast editor. So if you have a podcast, um, she can help. She also is open to writing music for your show. Um, she's a pretty incredible um, music producer, uh, and she mixes as well. So I would recommend her to anybody. She's been my guitar teacher and music producer and has helped me really apply consent principles to music, which has been pretty fucking cool. I use Zencaster to record this show, and I said it at the beginning and I'll say it again, we really need your help to sustain this work, so please help spread the word and rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.